Yay. All right. Good Monday morning, you guys. It is a cold Monday, I'm going to say for Russell. And for us, it's, you know, one of those dreary, super humid, rainy, icky of a day. Yeah. But you know, hey, that's okay. We are okay with that. That's why we are indoors and it's two people outside anyways. We're we're back to like the 70s. And then like apparently midweek, we will be back to like the 50s and 60s and 40s. And it's like, we make up our mind. (laughs) I'm so jealous. I'm in Atlanta uh, and we moved. We actually moved here. We had the first day in our new house last night. We have furniture in one room. (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm going to do the show from outside with the woods because I have a forest and woods surrounding my patio. So I thought that would be a great background. And this morning when I went out and ran on the mountain, it mm-hmm. was cold as hell. And I was able to do it because I was running, but I can't mm-hmm. sit and talk. That's no. too cold. Good morning, Leroy. How's your morning going? Well, you guys, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but what all did you guys do this weekend? Russell, it sounds like you had an adventurous, you know, weekend. What all did you do? Well, we went, like I said, uh, our movers last last two days of last week were 35 hours late showing up to move. Oh my goodness. Which completely screwed up everything. And so we had to drive to Atlanta in one day, 95 miles an hour to get here. Man. And then we've been scrambling all weekend. We did sneak off to a new place called Canoe, which has an incredible bar. It's on the Chattahoochee River. It was awesome. So good weekend. Nice. Well, I know you sent me this photo and I'm going to show it because this is the most adorable photo, Russell. And I am with his little dog. I yes, like- I'm jealous of his dog. Like, look at this. This is the cutest photo. Just sitting there in front of your, you know, couch. Are those couches or recliners? They're both. It's Ooh. awesome. Even better. But you know what? I mean, the rug is gorgeous and so is the dog. But the painting, the painting is gorgeous. I love that painting. uh, We found that in a little place, little, what, antique store uh, in Atlanta, in Buckhead. And I had to have it. It's Maryland. It's the three faces of Maryland. It's the dark evil face. It's the happy face. I had to have, plus I love Picasso. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Picasso, but I I can see how that uh, painting is is a reflection of your character. I can see that. It's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It really like goes with the whole room. And then, you know, you have your dog right there and it's just like picturesque. It's gorgeous. And you can see the woods out the window. Yeah. I know. I get that it was too cold, man, to be outside. Like, I understand that because I'm not about the cold. I got heated blankets and stuff for a reason. So, mm -mm. no. Fern, what did you do? Okay, so I hung out, and this makes Russell jealous. I hung out with Mac and Pat (laughs) at the Cigar Lounge, and we went over pages that we exchanged. 
for their books. And then I worked on um, getting set up with a new publicist that we just contracted with for Inklings Publishing and our amazing authors. And on top of that, I compiled into a very messy first put together all of my little students' anthology pieces. And now I have to like go through it and like, you know, format it and make sure that they, you know, all their typos and their grammar and all that jazz. So that's this week, painful, painful. I hope you're nicer to those little kids than you were to me. No, I want to give them the realistic experience of those what it's working editor. To the people that are watching or listening mm -hmm. to us on our podcast, I got to tell you, Fern, as an editor, can be ruthless. Hey, Jack. I believe this. Like, I believe this just, you know, to my core that when she gets an editing mode, it's, you know, a whole new Fern. And it's a fern that I don't care to mess with or ever meet. You know, I'm okay not meeting that fern 100%. I don't, I love you dearly, I don't but really no. like that fern. Sometimes I don't talk to that fern. I yeah. don't talk to my friend's fern, but my editor fern, sometimes I don't really like talking to her because she's tough. You know, it was funny when, when Russell and I first started working on his pieces, um, I already knew. And I could see, like, as I started going on with his piece, I could see him kind of getting upset. And I knew, oh, I'm not going to hear from him for at least two weeks while he processes. And, and then he'll forgive me. And then he'll talk to me again. And that's that's pretty much the and way. And then I make the changes because you were right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the most important bar. Well, that's, that's true. true. You should really listen to your editor. They love your work. Which they, make, not, they make it more better. Love the work. They make it more no, better. We, we do love the work. Now we we want it to be better, but we love your oh, work. Yeah. I mean, because because if you don't if you don't find an editor that really loves your work and what you're doing, then it's it, you know it's not going to be a productive relationship. You got to find one that really is is pro you and your work. You know. Yeah. I got to tell you, whenever Fern would say, oh, this is, these are good pages. I would get suspicious. What do you mean they're good pages? What's wrong? I don't want to hear that they're good pages. I want to know what's wrong with them, right? But there's good pages. Right. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. I would be, uh, I would be there too. So for the people listening on our podcast, we, we actually have more people hey. listening on our podcast now than we actually see us live. Yes. Hey, Jesse. Hey. hey, guys. I'm so sorry. What, did you get arrested? <laughs> well, close. I was driving back from up north, and there was some traffic, and oh, my God, I'm taking the call from my kid's room. Oh, hey. That's, okay. That's a good blood. Yeah, we that totally understand that, Jesse, 100%. You, they've had to listen to my daughter bang on my door and all kinds of stuff. So you are all good. Oh, thank you. Is yeah, that light okay? Let me close that light off in the back. Okay. I have to say, I'm all excited about Jesse's book because I am a dog lover. I am a dog owner. I, I you know, 
I have had dogs for a long time now and oh my god, I am I am I am rearing to ask you one particular question, sir. Well, let's wait till we get started with this. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm telling you, I told you in your email, one, we're all massive dog lovers. So this is like perfect. <laughs> but they're like chomping at the bit to talk to you about your book and everything. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a whole, like, they're just so excited. They can't contain themselves. So I want, really I've got great. questions about this whole meditation part. of. Don't beat me to it. No. <laughs> okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. Let me finish about the podcast then. So okay, we're okay. still top 10 on podcast, on books, on our podcast channels. Uh, yeah. Amy, how do people find us? <laughs> yes, that has become our weekly question, and I love it. So if you guys go on to Good Pods or anywhere that has a podcast section, Spotify, Apples, Google, whatever you listen to, Amazon, Type in author talk. It's the one that says hearing author stories. It's red and gold because I don't know. That just was my thing this year, last year. Um, And then you can find all of the episodes that we've done last year and this year. Kind of you can listen to them on your free time, however you want to do it. If you want to see us, you know, visually and you're not a part of our, our Facebook group, go over and join author talk. But you can watch us over on YouTube and you can see us animated. I talk a lot with my hands. I can't control my facial expressions. It is my greatest weakness. So if you want to, you know, laugh at us, with us, whatever, more than welcome to watch us visually if you want to. But with all that being said on our podcast and how all of our weekends went, let's talk to Jesse because I know everyone is biting at the bit. Wait, wait Russell has to wait. You got away. You got away. I'm Amy. sorry. I'm sorry. Well, okay, go. Talk about your home run. Your My new home? Monday night. Uh, oh, yes. Because last week was the first session and it was spectacular. Probably the best set of sessions that. Uh, you or you and Sandy have ever offered on Monday nights. Why don't you tell us about it? Because it, I had to watch it on the recording last week because movers suck. And, <laughs> and uh, it was spectacular. Yeah. So to get you guys, I don't, you guys know, if you've listened to our show long enough, you guys know that that is the greatest compliment coming from Russell. So you guys know we kicked off our six-step series with Max Regan. And so last Monday night, he talked about genre and how to really know what genre you, your book goes in, a memoir, things that people are categorized, categorize them as to kind of sign, sign it up. Words are really difficult for me this morning. But to sum it up, that's how it was. We have the recording. But let me just say, everyone that thought they knew their categories and where it should be learned something. And they realized that they needed to switch the categories that they're currently in. And so it was an amazing Monday night. We went over an hour, which you guys know is always fine with me. I am good with that at any time. But I know everyone is waiting for him to come back tonight at mon- Monday night, tonight, 7 p.m. Max is going to be back. We had a fantastic mastermind also on Wednesday morning. Fern was there and we kind of helped go over deadlines and timelines and just really structure out how you want the whole process of publishing your book to go, genres to pick, things like that, and kind of accountability to hold you to those deadlines. Give me some dates. Let's just hold you accountable, right? So it was fantastic. We had so much fun. I can't wait for tonight. 
and the rest of the series. But to get that from Russell, you guys, you that is the biggest compliment, Russell. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, because Max, one of the things that Max always does is give you homework. So the Wednesday mastermind, we're going over our homework and the things that um, he does is makes you really uh, investigate and delve into your project and really get a sense of why are you doing this project? What do you hope will come through for your reader? What do you hope for you? And I mean, it was really interesting, like how it changed, what it's now, you know, how it started. I mean, that whole set of questions he gave us really, really gave us a, a new perspective. You know, it, it, it keeps you focused with the end in mind, you know, which is one of the habits of seven of the uh, highly effective people. Yeah, it was an amazing. So yeah. if you want to join in, you still have time. You can join in anytime. I'll give you the recordings from the previous session so you're not behind. No worries, you guys. Everything is recorded. I got you. Things happen. You can't always make it. I've got you covered, okay? A hundred, a hundred percent. But Russell, are you are you guys ready? I feel like everyone's chomping at the bit. So we're going to just yeah, kick ready. it on over to Jesse, get him talking about his book and everything like that. I'm going to show it. So with all that, Jesse, Fern's going to be doing your author interview. So Fern, take it away. Okay, Jesse, the very first question that both Russell and I absolutely want to understand is in this book, you offer meditative practices that you do with your pet. Now I have a husky. These people talk. And so I, how do well, you husky talk? How, Huskies talk? Is that what you're saying? My husky talks. My husky talks all the time to me. So how can I get her to meditate? How do I meditate with my husky? Cause I'm like so excited about that idea. Okay. Because I love meditation. I think it's yeah. a really great practice to just calm your mind, calm your, and, and bring focus. And the idea that you can meditate with your with your dog, with your pet, is just awesome. I totally need you to tell me about that. Well, listen, I mean, it's really, it sounds cool. But I mean, if next time you're meditating, just like invite the husky in the room. Mm. And, okay, so here's the thing. Um, we're so used to just thinking in words and talking to people, expressing our words, but that's like such a small part of communication. Animals don't communicate with, with a language that they made up. They communicate with a language that nature gave them. So what is that language? Actions and feelings. Okay, so your dog has actions that make feelings. That's the dog code. And um, there is an action that's a meditative action, actually. I call it the sequence of surrendering. It looks like standing, sitting, laying down, and putting the chin down. I'm talking about the dog, not you. Mm. So virtually anytime your husky is, mm, let's try this. Bring your husky into your meditation room or when you're in your meditative vibe and just know that you're already talking to him, okay? Because you have an action that's relaxed and you have a, a mood or a vibe that's coming off as peaceful. So um, the idea is, is how do you, how do you do this into, how do you, how do you do this with, when you're dog training or how do you do this when you're with your dog or, you know, what's the point of all of this stuff? Okay. So here's a huge secret. I'm not actually a dog trainer. 
I'm just a guy who figured out how to talk to dogs, heal their neuroses, heal their behaviors. And the side piece is that in doing all of that, I ended up learning how to train old dogs new tricks. Hmm. When your husky is... Right? He's doing that. That's what huskies do. Well, that's an action that makes an emotion. And the emotion that it makes in you is probably joy. And dogs are joy creators. How cool is that? He just knows you so cold that that's his move that he does to make Fern happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. Because every time she starts talking to me, I start talking to her and it's just fun conversation. Just fun. Exactly. It's totally fun. Totally fun. And, and you know, it's not, it's, I was thinking back to like when before Aria, I had a black lab uh, shepherd mix girl. And I remember that, you know, one time my parents and I and my brother, we were, we did like a little prayer circle. I don't remember why that we were having this prayer circle, but like she and her uh, litter mate, Ella, they both came up and they put their paws on our hands. Like they wanted to be a part of that, you know? And I feel like they were reading our body language and like what you're saying now about meditating and, and just sort of being in that space and having her in that space. I was thinking about that, like how they just sort of wanted to join in to the prayer circle. And it was kind of interesting. I mean, we let them, you know, and it was it was very, very cool. They were attracted to the energy. Mm -hmm. They were attracted to the energy. Now, there's a certain kind of energy that dogs. OK, here's something that's going to just be controversial. Uh oh, dogs. Nobody has a, nobody I know ha with a dog has a problem getting their dog to love them. Right. But respect is a whole different ballgame. Oh, yeah, that's so very true. Right? Yeah. We, and we're all cool with it. Because, like, well, let's talk about feelings for a second, okay? Dogs are all, dogs are perfect. All dogs are perfect. The only time they're not perfect is when they have strong feelings. Mm -hmm. Two of them, there's only two of them that we need to know being afraid or being excited. Okay. Humans are the same way. We're pretty cool, except for when you catch someone when they're scared, they're a total jerk or they're mean or they're inside or they're trying to get out of that feeling, but they can't and they don't know. They're not at their best peak. And in fact, you know, I don't, I can't think of a boss that I respected who was afraid and, and just like ran the business out of fear. I mean, it wouldn't work for very long. Mm -hmm. Okay. The other emotion is excitement. Now, humans are just, I think, a little bit um, evolving. We're going through an evolution phase right now where we're starting to become really emotionally intelligent. We got away with it for a long time. Um, but now, um, now we see, actually, I don't like feeling this excited all the time. I don't like feeling it's neurotic. You know, that feeling you're going up a roller coaster and it's like tick, 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 tick. And if you're a seven-year-old, you're loving every second of it. You want it all day long. But if you're an adult, you're like, okay, that was enough. That was enough for me. Well, we keep our dogs in a neurotic, excited state or a fear state, and we're oblivious to what they're feeling. And we try to come in and we try to talk to their behaviors. Oh, stop that now. Or cut that out or sit down. Or we're trying to give them a behavioral. But what we're missing is 
they're telling us that they don't feel good. Mm-hmm. They just want calm. Yeah. So the prayer circle invited the calm. All right. So the, med- the meditation piece is really get comfortable in your own skin. Get comfortable feeling your feelings. They're not going anywhere. But don't react to them when they're strong. Take a minute. And here's another controversial thing, but so true. Your dog is your reflection. All my emotional baggage shows up in my dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they're in the room watching me handle my feelings all day long. And if they, they can feel, because that's their language. And they are meditation masters because they are pure presence. They're never not present. They're never not making an action on purpose to generate a feeling. Now let's talk about the feeling they want and the feeling that they want to be in and the feeling that they're trying to generate. It's the feeling that nature wants and I call it tranquility. Chillness. Not overly excited, not overly afraid. Chill. I've never met a chilled out. Have you ever met a chilled out dog that you didn't like? Of course not. They're awesome. They're awesome. They're awesome. So that's the meditative piece. And then um, when you're there, when you're in that vibe, and we kind of make that a priority in your life, you can start to feel what your dog is feeling. And now there's in the book, there's all kinds, there's a dictionary that shows the actions that shows what they're telling you, how they're feeling. Yeah, that was very uh, interesting to me, like the nonverbal, right? The nonverbal cues. But you're right, kind of, um, I was thinking about this friend of mine recently. He was going through a really difficult time. He was, I could hear him on the phone. He was talking me to me about it and he was very upset. And then, and he had his little dog, Kima, and um, she was kind of being uh, misbehaving. And he didn't understand why. And I was like, because she's feeding off of your energy. You're very upset. So now she she doesn't understand why you're upset, right? She just feels the energy of upsetness. And so now she's just kind of not in her zone, you know, in her good dog zone because she's feeding off of that energy. So, um, and so I now that you're talking about that, like the importance so of- exactly. So that's the mirror, right? If you have a little bit of attunement, you can look at your dog and be like, what's up with you right now? What's up with me right now? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love that. I love that that you can you could probably see your own emotion reflected there. If if they're kind of agitated, it may be because they're feeding off of some agitation in you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to release it. So when they're being bad, they're just trying to get it out of their body. Mm-hmm. Which is a hint for us for how we should live too. You know that becomes the priority. Get yourself into a balanced state, mind, body before you try to do stuff. That's the stuff you should try to do. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the nonverbal cues that that you should be kind of looking for that might help you to, to realize that you yourself are not, not quite in that p- proper state of balance that sure. your dog can help you with? Yeah, sure. Well, um, let's get into the, to answer that question, I'm gonna take us into a little, bit of how I think dogs think. Mm. Yeah. And then it's easier to meet them at their level, right? So they're only present in this environment. So what's happening in this room? What's happening to my master? What's happening? Where is that? Where is our territory vulnerable? 
where could the mailman come in? Um, uh, and then what's our relationship to resources or powerful things? You know, let's say, because at the dog park, if somebody dropped a T-bone steak at the dog park and there were 10 mm -hmm. dogs there, you'd see the body language come out like that. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, top dog, top dog doesn't, top dog can take the steak with aggression or they can take the steak with peaceful power. Okay. Aggression is just basically fighting over it and scaring and intimidating. And that's not a cool socialized dog, but there's, you know, at a dog park, you might find that one big dog who is, or even small dog who has presence, who relates to that object in a non-confrontational way, but is clearly saying, guys, this is mine. It's not yours. Okay. And while he's doing that, he's not ravaged. He's got impulse control. He's got emotional intelligence, impulse control. He's not ravaging that steak. He's just standing over top of it, eyeballing everybody else. Because they're not individuals. They're a pack. They're in community. Okay? So that peaceful power guy, he's in, he's in presence mode. He's looking at everyone. So what's the body language he's looking for? He's looking for signs that are saying, don't worry, we're not aggressive to you. We're not challenging you. We don't want to take that. We clearly understand it's not our turn. All right. So here we've got a little context where we've got a valuable object. We've got some um, alpha body language that's peaceful, that's happening over top of it. And what that looks like is a direct eye line motion at, I call this the forbidden angle, and at the faces of whoever's challenging. All right. Because if a stranger stares at you, it feels weird. Mm. You can feel that, right? Or if a woman's at a bar and, and a grubby dude is looking at her all day long, she feels uncomfortable. Okay, so pretty much that's the forbidden angle. And that's a really powerful thing that you want. That's something that we do by accident all the time. We get into that later. But what's this, what's this guy looking for? Is He's looking for how are you relating to me when I'm making this angle? Are you moving away from it? That's a good sign. Are you averting it with your face? breaking the angle, that's a really good sign. Those are called calming signals, those two things. In fact, there's about 15 calming signals and they all are as a response to no confrontation from me. Expect none from me, okay? Dogs will lick the lips, Dog, dogs will look away, they will yawn, they will blink, they will get smaller to the ground and they will move away. In fact, they will move away uh, if they're coming towards you, they will come towards you in an exaggerated arc shape because a straight line would be the forbidden angle, which gets even stronger. If a stranger's looking at you and then they walk at you in a straight line, creepy feeling gets even stronger. Mm -hmm. All right. So we see that there's a lot of power in this angle. So once we start using that respectfully, we eliminate a lot of neuroses. Okay. When you go reach to put your collar on your dog, you're violating the forbidden angle of nature. When you reach to pet your dog's face, you're violating the forbidden angle of nature. When you look at your dog's face and you're happy and you're joyful and you're blah, 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 you're sending them confrontational energy with love at the same time. That's a neurosis waiting to happen. Interesting. So just cleaning up your body language on this one piece earns respect. Hmm. All right. Because these actions create calmness.
the language of the dogs is called calming signals. And so when they make a calming signal, I want us to appreciate that they don't have an ego in their mind. They have a community consciousness in their mind and in their heart, they're feeling for communal tranquility. That's why your friend's dog was acting out the anxiety. Guys, what's wrong? My boss is scared. I'm scared. Something's wrong. All right. So my mind is far. So when, when you're, um, when you're talking about like your dog, you know, cause if she's lying there, you know, my little girl and she's, she's looking cute. I may try to like give her a kiss on her forehead or, you know, hold her little face. Cause, and she's got beautiful eyes. So I love looking at her. So, but you're like, that feels confrontational to her. That feels like harsh. Well, How when you go and approach her now, yeah. if she gives you calming signals, like she's licking her lips or she's blinking or she's moving away, you're coming in too hard. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying don't love them. I'm just saying they're going to teach you how to carry yourself with grace. Because you're not going to want to scare them. And that's going to transfer into every relationship that you've got. Because they're going to show you where your game is weak. Mm. Sorry. They're going to show you when you come home from, or when you, you know, when you need to take their energy to feel better. They're going to show you when that when you're actually doing that and you're going to go whoa damn taking i got to make sure i get back whoa it's going to make you a better person now you're in the room with your dog you don't tell your dog that you're going to get up and go to the kitchen but the dog gets up and follows you to the kitchen yeah that's a communication all right so your packed animal doesn't want to be left up left alone yeah, which is why they don't like it when you go to work, too, because you're leaving them behind kind of thing. Coming and going, is an, an, it creates an emotion in them that leads to bad behaviors. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's the emotion? Anxiety, fear, or excitement. Coming home, excitement, going home, going away, fear. So Enlightened Dog Training, the book, is just a bunch of techniques for you to calmly teach your dog how to control their feelings and how you can use body language to communicate control feelings, not verbal. When dogs hear you talking to them, they're not listening to your words. They're listening to your tone of voice. They're listening there and they're paying attention to your posture. So here's an example. By the way, they're not, they're not human babies. They're animal babies, okay? <laughs> They're animal babies. They're used to being young and their mom's saying, stay under the dumpster, I'll be back in six hours or one hour or whatever. And they're sitting there going through that for six hours. Okay, and then the mom comes home and she's like, all right, follow me now. It's like, it's not even a conversation. It's just like, let's move, okay? So they're already getting emotional experiences that are way higher than we give our kids, okay? You come home from work and your dog's anxious and you go, oh, my baby, oh, I'm home, I'm home, I love you, don't feel bad. Or you try to soothe them. It's okay. It's okay. I love you. It's okay. Calm down. You're, at, you're flavoring love on top of anxiety, which is a miscommunication because anytime you flavor love, they think do more. Do more for mom. Okay. It's too simple, right? So... <clears throat> 
if you're in a meditative place yourself, you can spot yourself while you're walking in there. You can have a peaceful energy and you can have some restraint on your own energy so that you don't interact with your dog yet until they get to a, a place so that they can kind of work it out themselves. There's all kinds of tips and tricks in the books for how you do this and how you do this on a puppy and also how you do it on an older dog. I mean, you're just yeah. using their language on them. See, so I have a question. So I know that you, you, you know, I'm just going to call you like the dog whisperer for the moment, but what made you want to write all these things down and put it into a book? Was there, you know, where you, was there something like, you know, you were helping all these people and you're like, I need to just write this down so everyone can kind of understand it or what was kind of the motivation and inspiration behind this book and getting it out there? Thank you. Um, well, uh, for me to be able to crystallize what I knew how to do and what I knew I was doing and, and be able to articulate it was an evolution in my teaching um, that I wanted to go through. Uh, I didn't really know I wanted to write it. I'm not, I'm not, being a writer isn't something that I was passionate about growing up. Um, I had a bit of a dark night, night of the soul episode and found myself a couple of years ago, the franchise was torn down and I was thinking, where am I going to take my life? What's the new direction I want to go? And uh book was sort of spinning around in my head and a synchronicity happened. I met a book coach. We had the same birthday. We had the same traumatic childhood story. We had all kinds of similar things. And while he was giving me ideas, my spine was tingling with so much energy. I knew I couldn't ignore that. So I committed to it. I committed to a two and a half year project just based on that feeling. But this is very cool because like uh, when you were talking about when you come home, I mean, they do get happy to see you and they are upset when you leave. And so being that's a bad relationship, right? If that's a toxic relationship. Because they're attached. But I mean, you know, you kind of want attachment, right? I mean, how do you manage that? Like with your dog, how do you make them be okay with you going to work and then be calm when you come home? It's a higher level of love to give them that freedom, that emotional freedom. And so both of us need to grow, right? If you're wanting that in that, you're going to keep creating that. And if you're wanting that in that, you need to know why you want that. Oh, that just makes me feel good. Mm. That's just making me feel good. Well, you're not doing that. You're doing that unconsciously. Yeah, because if you knew, um, if you knew how to bottle up your love and contain it, and come in, and you know when you come in the door, your dog's super excited, and you're just standing sideways. You're not ignoring your dog. The same way you're not ignoring your dog when you're in the room and you get up and you go to the kitchen, but you're not thinking about your dog and your dog follows you. That is peaceful connection. That is harmonious connection. Okay, so when I come home. My dog's like, yo, what's up? And when I leave, he's like, yo, see you later. That's a healthy relationship. So how did I get that? How do you get that? Well, it's going to take you a minute to unwind that now. Um, and don't think of it as just unwinding it at the door. 
think of it as catching yourself all the times when you're taking joy to fill you up without giving joy back. Because what I'm all about is teaching people how to behave with their dog so that the dog respects them and feels like it's getting what it needs. Yeah. Um, so pretty much standard professional rule. You don't talk to your dog when you're leaving the house and you don't talk to your dog when you're coming home. Well, when are you allowed to talk to your dog and how do you know what that looks like? All right. So when your dog is laying down, when you, where if your dog is standing, he has very little surface area on the ground. So if he's moving fast, his mind is moving fast. Okay. As he slows down, his mind's slowing down. As he goes into a sit, he's putting surface area on the earth. As he goes into a lay down, he's maximizing surface area on the earth. And when he puts chin down, it's usually accompanied with, mm -hmm. okay, that is pure peaceful Zen state. That's a Zen state. We don't even experience that deeply, okay? That's when I'm interacting with my dog. That's when I'm talking to my dog. That's when I'm flavoring love in my dog, especially as it's going through those transitions. Because what am I saying? Yo, I love it when you're chilling. I love it as you're relaxing. And um, if you ever meditate with your eyes open, you start to train your body to see stuff in a wide vision of angle. So just naturally for me now, I'm always feeling in my heart like I'm in a connection state with my dog. I'm never feeling like I'm connecting, disconnecting, connecting, disconnecting, connecting, disconnecting. That's wisdom because I know that they are always connecting. So I've just trained myself to know doesn't matter which way my body's positioned, they're watching me. They're watching what I'm watching because I'm the boss. As I start to show them stuff before they can catch it, like, for example, I got a, we have a vision that can see, I think, six times further than your dog. So once you start to show them, oh God, there's a skateboarder coming down, coming down the pipe. I'm going to put you, I'm going to, let's start making the arc motion now. He doesn't know why you're doing it. He thinks you're walking in a straight line. You start walking in an arc motion. Then he starts to feel skateboarder. Then he sees skateboarder. And especially if you've got your positioning in an angle of protection on the inside lane. Man, he's going to look at you and he's going to be like, mom. Thanks, mom. I'm not protecting you. It's stressful to protect. It's stressful when the boss doesn't show you that they see what you're, what scares you. These things mean a lot in a relationship. It's who you are showing up in your relationship for your dog is who you are when you show up for everybody else. They're going to take you on a journey because if you find any of their behaviors annoying and you want to fix them and you try my method for fixing them, not only are you going to get results fast, but you're going to grow because you're going to be like, whoa, that was on me. Whoa. Okay, I can fix this. And if you're not that kind of person, well, you and your dog are just going to be who you guys are. Yeah, it's very interesting. I like the idea of, you know, the calm and positioning yourself to manage your dog. Because um, especially like when you're walking your dog 
and other dogs are coming along. Cause like I've, um, I've gotten really good at just, you know, we just keep going. We don't really stop and, but other dogs are barking and trying to pull towards my dog, but we just kind of keep going. And it's like, we're on our walk, you know, dude, this is our time. Absolutely. You know, we're not going to stop and chat with you. And, um, and she's gotten really good at just, okay, you know, I'm with mom, I'm walking. She doesn't even pull anymore. You know, she, she just ignores the cats and the squirrels or whatever. She's like, I'm on a walk, you know? And, um, so that's kind of a neat experience with, with Aria. Cool. That's cool that you're there. I love it. Yeah. This so is it, really a self-help book, isn't it? It's a self-help book, Russell. It's 100% a self-help book. Um, I, you know, what's cool is dog trainers have way more authority than they should have. People think, oh, he's a dog trainer. He's smart. I'm going to listen to him or something like that. I wanted to write. I wanted to have a very positive impact on, on human evolution. I wanted to be a teacher of consciousness. I wanted to be a light for those who are healing their own things. Because um, the answers are from within. And I think half of the planet has a dog. Mm. And so I thought, okay, let's get in there and do that. Now, my book is actually already a top-rated spirituality book on Amazon in Canada, which is very cool for me. It's top six for dog training. It's underneath the dog whisper, the real dog whisper, Caesar Milan. Caesar, uh-huh. Uh, but it's number 92 in spirituality, and that's so cool because... I'm not trying to hit people over the head with spirituality in it. Um, I'm trying to just say, hey, listen, your dog is pure love. Your dog has a language. You've always wanted to talk to your dog. I have. Now you know what your dog's saying. And as you get better and better at what your dog's saying, you're learning about love. You're learning about nature. You're learning about emotional states. You're learning about consciousness. Pretty cool mm -hmm. on my yeah, and especially because if you if you learn to control your own emotions, your own state of being more balanced all the time, then really all your relationships, not just with your dog, but all your relationships are going to benefit for sure. Exactly. Exactly. What is this whole leash thing? It sounds like you're not that fond of leash training. Oh, um... 100%. You got to have a leash if you're going to. A leash is a tool. A leash is a tool. I'm fond of them. Um, I love myself a six foot lightweight leather leash with a, with a bronze buckle on it. I mean, that's like I'm a cowboy with that thing. <laughs> um, it's, a good, it's a good training leash. Yeah. But when you leash your dog, your brain doesn't turn off. Your leash is an extension of your arm it's an extension of your mind state. So uh, a lot of communication comes through that leash. For example, you're walking your dog, you've got the better vision than your dog, you see something coming down. Without it, it's bingo, bango, bango, bango. Your mind's already going, oh man, my dog's gonna lunge or my dog's not gonna like this. So unconsciously you're wrapping the leash around your hand, you're shortening it up. Mm. Yeah, it's not that I don't like it. <laughs> It's that, hey, guys, when you do that, you're making your dog scared. Right. You're communicating. Your, do your dog's going, oh, crap. My, da my dad's scared. 
Now he's leashing me up. So basically what you're doing is you're using the emotion that you're feeling to generate a little bit of uncertainty. Why is my dad stressed? Now what you're doing is you're putting, you're limiting their freedom of expression by basically tightening them up. They got nowhere to go. Um, my technique is the same technique with a leash on the dog or a leash off the dog, a six foot leash or a 15 foot leash. Train the dog. It's using the tool to train. To, the, the leash is a tool to create a boundary with the dog, to create a harmony with the dog, to start to test the dog's trust. And I trust you when you're four feet away from me. And I trust you when you're six feet away from me. When you do it with the techniques that I'm teaching, what you start to see is that the leash becomes invisible. Mm -hmm. There should be no tension in the leash. If there's tension in the leash, there's tension in the relationship. Yeah. So transmuting that tension into harmony is maybe where you got the idea that I don't like the leash, but yeah. No, no, stop, I stop agree because, because one of the things I've noticed is, you know, as we've gotten really good with walking with Aria, the leash really is staying very flexible because I mean, we're just, we just keep walking. She's with me. I'm with her. We're walking. Um, but like when I first started, I would do that. Like what you're saying, you know, when I see a dog coming this way, I would, I would tend to, oh. who does it? Who doesn't do that? That's just like, that's the thing. Right. And I want to show, but when you see a farmer or, or a video of a third world country with like a little kid walking a donkey down a dirt road. Okay. And then you think about your sidewalk in the city and you think about all these adults can't control their animal, but this little kid, what's he doing different? What, what, that's such a beaut, and isn't that cool? What, don't you want that? Mm -hmm. Isn't that so much more pleasurable? And so much more joyful? So, yeah, 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 that's, that's what ignites passion in me. Very cool. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to have, have you here. Thank you for sharing this book. Thanks for having me. Sorry I was a little late. No, no, no hey, things happen. You can't control traffic or, you know, in my sense, children. So it's, I, if anyone understands, us three understand. You guys are so cool. This was such a cool, a cool Jesse, little Jesse, I think Amy oh, needs good. to read your book so she can work with her kids a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I am, I am very good with my kids. I just, I, the stern voice is, is prevalent in my household. Okay. But I have daughters. So it's a, the whole thing okay and they're just like me and so they give me my my own run for my money but no i have i have a dog and i i kind of do the same thing except you know my dog likes to go on car trips with me so he always bolts to the car you know he has his own little space in the car he's got his own little heated seat it's a whole it, he loves it so it's, it's amy, you're, amy your dog's lucky I know, I know. I'm the lucky one, though. My dog, it's there's no love like a dog love for me. I'm a huge dog lover. I mean, I have cats and stuff too, but it's just a different kind of love. But a, a dog love is is just different, and we're all big dog lovers here. So this has been an amazing show. So Jesse, thank you so much for popping on. I know that there was you know some trouble at the start, but this has just been amazing. And I'll, I'll have to thank Mickey for the introduction, but. We hope everybody has a fantastic Monday. Yes, Russell. Well, Jesse, would you tell us how people in the United States could find your book? Yeah, we sure. Sure, Russell. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. So go on Amazon or Books A Million. Um, 
check out my website too, peacefulalpha.com. There's a bunch of uh, retailers where you can just one click and go there. And uh, I have this online learning program called Become Your Dog's Own Whisperer. It's five oh, modules. It's, it's, it's like that perfect hybrid of group one-on-one community. It teaches the stuff that's in the book and teaches it from a different angle and gives you specific lessons too. So there's no limits in, in, in geography here. If you want to you learn the way of the peaceful alpha, I'm here to help you. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, on that note, you guys, we hope everyone has a fantastic Monday, a great week. Make sure that you join us tonight on the Six Step Series with Max Regan. But until next time, you guys have a great Monday and week. We'll catch you guys next Monday.